Hello, and welcome to another Light Reading Podcast. My name is Phil Harvey. I am an editor here at Light Reading. I'm not Phil Harvey. I'm Kelsey Zeiser. I'm also an editor at Light Reading. Uh, hello, Kelsey, not Phil Harvey. Hello. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you for uh, uh, for for being on the podcast and 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 helping me with this interview. Uh, so we interviewed Jill uh, uh, Garcia. He is the uh, uh, Data Center and Communications Group business lead at AMD, but what you really need to know is that he's formerly of the um, he was formerly over the uh, Wired and Wireless Business Group at Xilinx, which AMD acquired a couple of years ago, and so he has uh, a, a broad knowledge of how telecom networks are working, how they're virtualizing, how they're becoming more cloud enabled, and what that means for the radio access network and for six G as we're getting closer and closer to that. Yeah, we hit all the highlights. I think during this podcast, we talked about OpenRAN, VRAN, uh, 6G. So you'll have a full bingo card if you're filling that out. (laughs) Full bingo card. We give you you another preview of what's going to, some of the conversations happening at the OpenRAN North America event uh, in December. And of course, um, uh, we didn't talk about the metaverse because that's not a buzzword anymore. So nobody cares. (laughs) The meta who? <laughs> exactly. Meta who? Yeah, we're over it. <laughs> yeah, totally over the metaverse. Uh, but uh, but looking forward to 6G and there's a heck of a lot to uh, uh, see, say, and do in between now and then. So let's get right to the interview with AMD's Jill Garcia. Jill Garcia, thanks so much for, uh, uh, from AMD, thanks so much for being on the Light Reading Podcast. Oh, my pleasure, Phil. Good to uh, talk to you, uh, and and good to see you. And uh, uh, and I, I should note, Kelsey's here too. Hey, Kelsey. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> good <laughs> to, to make see sure you as well. Everybody hears a voice so that they they uh, you know they know they know who's talking at any given time. I, although on, on this podcast, I don't think we're going to have a problem with that. I think <laughs> I think our readers can pretty clearly pick out the difference between uh, Jill and Kelsey, but we'll yeah. see. You just um, heard Phil, and this is not Phil. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just, just not feel. When you start to feel the urge to go to sleep, that's when I'm talking. When everybody else is talking, it's it's you'll you'll feel you'll feel in lo- you know, like wow, okay, you're learning stuff and that's that's good. Uh but no, anyway, um we're we're uh enough of my nonsense. We're we're talking about um, you know, uh open ran uh because you know, kind of in 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 the lead up to our coverage of the Open Ran North America uh conference uh in December and one, I guess, starting point, uh, and this is especially interesting to get AMD's point of view on this, is, um, you know, what do you think the state of Open RAN is in North America, and where do you see the uh, this particular market? Um, uh, you know, wh- where do you see the opportunities kind of uh, surfacing? So in North America, we are really seeing only dish for me on the top operators in North America have really endorsed and more than endorse that we deployed uh, open run. I think that the other operators are still on the fence. Uh, they are still, and they have been talking about uh, lab test after lab test for quite a long period of time. Uh, I think, and that's something that I will be interesting to talk more about it. I, I think that the VRAN is probably a mandatory step for those operators before embracing the, the open run. But that that could be another set of discussion. So I think that Dish has definitely endorsed 
uh, and deploy the open run, uh, they have proven that uh, a DU from a vendor A with a software from a vendor B on the DU can talk to uh, different vendors on the uh, radio side. And so they have selected MTI, Fujitsu, Samsung, and, and they have other in the, in the bags. So I, I think that's, that's for me, that's really the, uh, the, the novelty of, uh, of the open run in North America is Dish has led the crowd. Now, we are also seeing some tier twos operators, regional, let's call regional operators that are using the rip and replace program from the US government to really say, okay, I need to change something. Why not picking up on open run? And yeah. so I think that that's something that we'll probably see more and more over the next few quarters to few years as well uh, with the, this rip and replace program that that will help Open Run to pick up in more tier two and regional operators. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, you know, just on the on the rip and replace thing, you know, because we're we're generally we've been critics uh, in light, light reading. We've been generally critical of how the government has implemented rip and replace. But the one thing we do know is that uh, they're certainly not backing down from it. And you're right; uh, it does give the operators a great opportunity to reassess how their RAN is built, what technologies they're using. And to uh, maybe modernize, you know, their network uh, at at a point. Um, let's see another uh, follow up there. Just uh, you know, just as we're uh, talking about, you know, the embrace of uh, open RAN from from larger carriers. Um, uh, so you you mentioned that that maybe virtual RAN or VRAN is going to be kind of this this uh, first step for them before they go. Uh, to to open, can you kind of elaborate on why that makes sense? You know, for them to embrace VRAN first, is it because it kind of gets them uh, to a point where they're uh, putting more of their infrastructure in the cloud or making it cloud ready? For me, VRAN, and I will separate the cloud run and the VRAN, which could be two different things. Sure. To do VRAN, they do not have to put their things in the cloud. For me, VRAN is really the disaggregation at the DUCU, so distributed unit, centralized unit level between the software and the hardware. That's, that's all what it is, meaning they are putting uh, uh, their DU and level layer one, their CU level layer two, layer three into kind of cut server. So, uh, and that's really the VRAN. And, and by the way, the 5G core already uh, embraced this virtualization. Right, uh, and so I think that the VRAN will be a place where suddenly that will open up for having different DU vendors and DU software vendors uh, that could potentially open up for then interfaces to different radio vendors. So for me, that's why it's a, it's a step into the evol evolution to the uh, to the open RAN for the those operators that are a little bit more cautious uh, or or uh, I will say. Uh, more conservative. I'm not sure if cautious or more conservative are equivalent, but that will be my, my two, two words for those operators. And they're probably, by the way, they have a lot of legacy as well. So, right. so that's probably another complexity compared to the dish, which was a, a more uh, greenfield. Um, but out of the three other operators, I will say two are more inclined to evolve later on to open run. I think that, for, at least from the discussion we are seeing, the, the T-Mobile is probably the less, for the time being, engaged on discussing or discussing about uh, open run in, in, in the future. 
Mm-hmm. And can you talk a little bit more about, uh, you know, what what's appealing to telcos and some of these new RAN approaches and opening up additional operating efficiencies and also new revenue uh, sources? What's what's kind of propelling the the providing momentum to move this this trend forward? So the, the VRAN, uh, the, the appealing functions of the VRAN are, are, I would say, broad. And by the way, different from one operator to the other one. Some that have already embraced the virtualization from their application services will be more inclined to continue this virtualization because they, are already, uh, they have already endorsed and see the value proposition of that. That could be around power consumption. That could be around CapEx and OPEX, because at the end, if you have already a large data center as an operator, you can still buy the same cuts uh, server and put it into the edge to do your, your DUCU. You can probably pick some better, suitable, um, uh, NEPS-compliant servers, but at the end, it will be those type of things that will make the people saying, oh, I can just, by increasing the CapEx, which is already there for my data center, I can already start evolving uh, the virtualization. Security has been another one. They have been putting a lot of effort on the cloud run for the security and on the cloud for the security. So pushing that to uh, the VRAN is another value proposition. And uh, I think the other thing is as well, uh, some applications required uh, that are more latency sensitive will need to be closer to the end user. And so we have all heard for the past two years about the MEC, mobile edge computing. Then now we are talking about edge data center. But at the end, it's just putting applications closer to the end user because they are more sensitive in terms of uh, latency, uh, reaction, quality, or, or all the type of, of KPIs you can think about it. And so pushing applications closer to the end user, applications are running into servers or small data centers. So that's making sense then to evolve the traditional RAN to a VRAN to also leverage uh, the same uh, the same hardware and combine the, the software application around it. Yeah, that's a, that's a good uh, summary of sort of the, uh, the, the infrastructure change that's happening. And also, of course, why AMD sees it as such a, as, as a huge opportunity, because that, um, that evolution suddenly gets us away from single uh, single application purpose built boxes and moves mm. us to you know kind of what the the same kind of virtualization scenario we've seen in other parts of the network where uh, you know where we and in the cloud itself so it it all seems to be moving in that direction. Um, but the, but Phil, uh, so, sorry to interrupt you. To to, to your point, I, I nevertheless I think that uh, comparing traditional. Uh, solution for the RAN to the VRAN, then you need to very look carefully around uh, performance, power. And this is where we as an AMD, we believe that we are providing a value around those is uh, our new EPIC processors, the Gen 4, are clearly focused on power efficiency. And and so, uh, and, and with the number of cores scalable that we have uh, are perfectly fitting on the edge data center and even the Siena that we announced uh, last September, the Siena processor we announced last September, can fit very well into the CUDU you know, from the power and number of cores. That will help the operators to, 
to if they are not using all the cores for their CUDU to be able to use it for their RIC or for their applications there and monetize then better their capex investment. Yeah, that makes sense. The energy efficiency thing is a great point too, because that's where you know, in these scenarios where telcos are not necessarily coming up with new business models or new ideas or new features or new services, they can certainly improve their situation by um, making their operating expenses go go as low as possible per bit. You know, even as they're scaling, and that's definitely uh, one way to get them there. And think about those edge data center or whatever it is the name that, that we want to give them. They will have to be close to the end user. So meaning that they will have to be on the metropolitan area. And so you cannot find in those places uh, big uh, hydroelectric uh, um, that mean things that can help you to cool or you cannot drive uh, very high electricity to those places because they are constrained just by the fact that they are in the metropolitan area. Right. So I think that the power efficiency will be even more critical for the edge data center that they are for the data center aspect of it. Yeah, that does make sense. Um, so you, you, you referenced this earlier talking about um, you know the uh, legacy networks being one kind of uh, concern that operators have. Um, what, what are some other uh, challenges that remain uh, ahead of Open RAN as it's growing and kind of catching on in, North, in the North American market? Again, I think that with the release 16, the, the, the open run is catching up uh, in, in the, compared to the traditional uh, run vendors, I think in terms of features. I think that the release 17 will even add uh, probably a better part or will give some edge uh, to, the, uh, to, the, uh, to the open run uh, with a lot of things related to NTN, non-terrestrial n- networks, that are probably uh, thought a little bit better from this perspective. So I think at the end, and this has been discussed already in several uh, places, we have reached, we as an open run community have reached the maturity. I think that now we need to have the scalability because being mature to deploy uh, 50 sites or to be deployed in one city compared to be deployed across networks or across uh, continents or, or uh, even intercontinental, that's a different aspect of the scalability. And this is where probably the, the, the tunings will still have to be done to make sure that people are very comfortable to deploy open run at, at those, those scales. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, the scalability is going to be a, a, an interesting issue to be addressed. And yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing more about kind of release 17 and how the, how it will, um, you know, give give Open RAN a little bit more of a technology edge because that's kind of what we were with all these vendors involved and all of these, um, you know, allegedly with the the pace of innovation being able to be quicker because they're each specializing in a in a particular mm-hmm. area of the RAN. Um, we 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 we've hoped to see at some point that they jump ahead of you know the traditional vendors in terms of uh, in terms of the technology so I'm, I'm very interested to learn more about how that uh how that's going and and how that catches on and phil i will not call the scalability an issue i will call it a challenge and for me it's different in the sense that challenge is just the fact that people the the community need to to help and to have some larger test vectors or test capabilities to to help the scaling factor 
Uh, for me, it's not an issue because this has been addressed, but it's more validating that the scale is there. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and it's, um, I mean, just in all parts of the RAN too, um, if you haven't taken, uh, if you haven't toured your local operators RAN infrastructure lately, it's, it's, it's hard to do what, <laughs> what's being done, you know, reaching people on cell phones and, and mobile devices and keeping that connectivity on is really, really challenging for all operators, no matter what equipment they're using. So, um, uh, to, to have, uh, multiple vendors with multiple technology specialties being kind of working in concert, you know, uh, in a, in a more software defined way is, is, is also, um, very hard to do and, yep. and, mm-hmm. but, but definitely possible. And, and we're seeing some of the, uh, you know, some, some of the, uh, recent kind of breakthroughs with that. Um, uh, let's see. Okay. Kelsey, last question over to you. And, uh, and I think we can wrap up. Yeah, so we'd love to hear more about, um, you know, what you're looking forward to discussing at the Open RAN North America event, either from, you know, other folks there or or what you plan on um, uh, talking about. So let me start by what we are planning to talk about. So power efficiency will be uh, will be one. VRAN evolution will be another one. Uh, I think that we need to start talking about 6G, not because this is the buzz, uh, because 6G will be a buzz for the next two years, probably. But I, I, we, we really believe that the, the 5G will evolve in such a way that 6G is important to start now thinking about it. A uh, lot of operators are struggling to monetize 5G. It cannot be that 6G will be hard to monetize. Otherwise, it, it will not happen. So I think it's, it's very important to start earlier on to think what, what will be the value of the 6G, what 6G will bring to the operator and to the end user to really start thinking about now how, what is required to make the 6G happening. And so we have already, we are seeing that AI will probably be a key items of what the 6G is. But if you are looking at from the run, that could be around more better spectrum efficiency, uh, could be around uh, all the power management. Could be there is a lot of and lot of things that can be uh, thought about AI around 6G that we want to start putting uh, in in the uh, I would say in the table and discuss about it. Uh, from the others, what I think I'm always uh, very humble to say I know what I know, but I don't know all the things that I don't know. And so continuing to hear from the uh, from the leaders on this space as well about where, and the operators, where are they deploying? How are they deploying? What are their challenges that they are facing? So that we can, we as a, uh, as a chip vendor, device uh, vendor, we can take those things back and see what do we need to do better for next time to help, even if it's not something in our court, but how can we help the next generation to be better and to remove those type of challenges? Yeah, I like that. I, th- I think I think um, you know because I had a, a similar uh, feeling when I was at the Mobile World Congress Americas event where we were talk where it, it kind of annoyed me that we weren't talking. We were that the industry was talking more about little incremental things with five G and not thinking about six G and the big picture and going um, what 
what gets us there and what are we going to do when we get there? <laughs> you know, and kind of, kind of you bring all these incredibly intelligent people together and it's like, I really want to talk more about the future and, and, and less about, um, you know, rounding errors on spreadsheets, you know, from, <laughs> from, from, from a couple of quarters ago, uh, you know, cause it, it, a, it gives us something to look forward to, but like you said, it, without, without crystallizing that point of view, um, you really don't know what you're going to need to get you there. And that's, that's, yeah. we can, you know, that, that planning definitely has to start happening, especially in the RAN. And if 6G, again, with the discussion that's starting to happen around 6G, 6G seems to be based on, or will have to be based on VRAN, that could help accelerate VRAN and then accelerate open RAN at the same time. So giving the perspective of where you need to be in six years or four years or 10 years, whatever it is, the timeline, then we say to the people, hey, if I want to be to participate to the 6G, I need to take this path to get there. And so that could help the 5G situation today uh, and evolve toward a better 6G future uh, in the future. That sounds great. Um, okay, so this is... Uh, so. Uh, You'll be uh, speaking at the, uh, let me just remind everybody, it's the Open RAN North America Conference. It's December 6th and 7th. It's going to happen at the Embassy Suites by Hilton in the, uh, that's next to the Dallas uh, or the Frisco Convention Hotel and Convention Center uh, uh, in uh, in Dallas. Or if you're from Dallas, it's the, it's for, in Frisco. technically Frisco, <laughs> northern <laughs> suburbs of Dallas. I like to say Dallas, but that's like, uh, you know, a surface area that encompasses several states if you're in the northeast <laughs> so it's a, it's a very very big place so uh so yeah it's the embassy suites by hilton and in the, the uh convention center is called the frisco uh, the dallas frisco hotel and convention center so it's all kind of one thing together uh anyway december 6th and 7th we'll uh, look forward to seeing you there and uh uh jill garcia from amd thank you so much for uh for your time today and we'll see you at the show my pleasure and looking forward to see you both Thank you. Thank you all.